Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. I'm Joey Christopoulos. Special guest Brendan Chagru coming up in just a moment. But first, we got to talk about our sponsors. The first one is our tried and true. It's betonline.ag. Look, they've been with us since the beginning. Head on over to betonline.ag for all the up-to-the-minute odds, news, stats, and best lines. But also, we have a new sponsor, too, as well. we got to talk about the Cut app, K-U-T-T. Look, it's our brand-new sponsor. I love betting with my friends. I love betting on anything. So Cut is the perfect app for me. It allows me to do everything. It's a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's legal in 40-plus states. Cut has customizable odds, tracking capabilities, and an entire social network of group chats, user profiles, and rewards, all payments, no need for Venmo. So what are you waiting for? Use the promo code BELIEVEBEARS, B-L-E-A-V, BEARS, for a 10% welcome bonus. That's right. Only when you use our promo code. Don't forget it. Head on over to the Cut app, K-U-T-T, Cut app. Put your money where your mouth is. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get over to our interview where we're talking about the five offseason positional needs that the Chicago Bears need with the one and only Brendan Chagru. It is time to bring in our guest here. We're going to have a little fun here. We are going to do a draft, snake draft, if you will, of the Bears' positional needs for this offseason. Um, we are taping this on a Monday night. You guys are probably listening to this on a Thursday, so there are probably some fan- franchise tags still in the mix a little bit, but we want to talk free agency. We want to talk draft. So who better than this guy right here? He is so absolutely talented. He is the assistant editor at the Bears Wire. You could check out his podcast, Chicago, uh, excuse me, Bear Down Chicago Podcast. And also, you can see him maybe on the TV every once in a while. He's been making these great appearances on Football Night in Chicago on Sports uh, NBC Sports Chicago. It's Brendan Chagru. Brendan, welcome back. How are you, man? Welcome to Sports Talk Chicago. What's up, Joey? It's great to talk with you. Obviously, we've talked on other different platforms and other different shows, but it's so cool to make my debut on Sports Talk Chicago. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you here. Um, we're going to dive into the Bears draft of offseason positional needs in just a moment, but I wanted to uh, to run something by you. Now, look, this piece ran on Monday. Um, as a lot of people in the sports know, have already realized and acknowledged that Peter King has decided to step away from his duty um, as SI.com, Monday morning quarterback, wrote an incredible piece um, that is worth every single word if you get the opportunity and the time. But I, I know it's been a couple of days, but I want to bring it up to you again because he saved some of his best for last um, for a guy that has put multiple decades um, into his craft, into the NFL. Um, he had a couple of nuggets at the end of the article. And maybe he threw a couple of shots. Maybe he's trying to call a shot a couple more times uh, on his way out. And that had to do with the Chicago Bears. So, Brendan, bear with me. I'm actually going to read some of these quotes here um, from Peter King that were released on Monday. um, And I want to get your reaction to them. In regards to Justin Fields and Caleb Williams, this is what Peter King wrote. Quote, I suppose the Bears are going to trade the top pick. I know nothing, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. What I say, the Bears should keep Justin Fields, parentheses, and should, and trade the first pick down once or twice and build the kind of supporting cast a team needs to contend. He then went on to say, by trading the first pick, general manager Ryan Poles could receive a haul that puts the Bears in position to contend sooner rather than later. That notion might outweigh the hype around Williams. 
Suppose GM Ryan Poles traded the top pick down one spot to Washington, parentheses, which would take Caleb Williams, and got the second pick, a second-round pick, and a 2025 first-round pick in return, and then suppose Poles traded the second-round pick to Atlanta at eight, and the Bear and the Falcons picked up one of those quarterbacks. In return, Chicago gets the eighth pick, Atlanta's second-round pick, first and second-round picks next year. For moving down seven picks in the first round, the Bears could end up with nine picks in the first two rounds on the next two drafts. Instant infrastructure. Now, Brendan, this feels a little pie in the sky, but when Peter King talks, I typically tend to listen. It doesn't sound like he used the word suppose a lot. So it didn't sound like that he was necessarily making a report or a claim, but he threw it out there. Um, Brendan, what is your reaction to uh, Peter King's comments on Monday and Monday Morning Quarterback? Oh, man, this was a lot. Um, first off, I mean, it, it was shocking to see that Peter King was retiring. First off, like that was his whole thing. If you read the article and everybody knows Peter King by this point, he's famous for writing 15,000 word articles and columns. Um, so it was cool to kind of see him reflect and celebrate. And then, yeah, like you said, going all the way at the bottom, like he always does the 10 things I think, um, which honestly are probably my favorite parts of his columns. And then, yeah, he just throws this little nugget in there on his way out. Like he's just throwing a chaos grenade on his way out the building just for Bears Twitter and Bears fans to react to. Um, I, I don't think it's nothing because a lot of people say that, oh, Peter King, he's just speculating. He's just kind of giving his opinion. And, you know, for what it's worth, he's a big Justin Fields fan. He's been in his corner since he was drafted by Chicago. He's done interviews with him. But he's also pretty connected to the Bears. If you remember, he had a really good sit-down interview with Ryan Poles during the combine last year. And he was kind of the first one to say, like, yeah, this pig's definitely getting traded. And then he had another interview with Kevin Warren in August talking about the stadium deal. And, you know, he's really had these personal encounters with the Bears front office. So I'd say, obviously, he's connected. But I think he's pretty well connected with this Bears front office and their newest regime. Um I think part of it is a little bit speculative, but the fact is the bears have been really tight lipped about this whole situation. There's only been one true nugget that's come out since the end of the season. That was the historic hall quote that Ian Rappaport had that, you know, you can kind of tell that Ryan Poles is putting that out there. Like, Hey, we're probably going to keep this pick unless somebody offers like just this massive haul, something like Peter King just speculated in his column. So, um, and I think that part, I'm more interested in what he said before about like, you know, the winds, the winds are blowing this way that things might be happening. Um, I think that polls is still trying to get a feel for what this market could look like. I think he's probably still wanting to pick a quarterback at number one. I still think that is the likeliest scenario, but he's now trying to leave the breadcrumbs to see like, Hey, what, what are people going to offer this to me for? And how can we kind of get this going as we get into the combine? Because now you're going to start to see the wheels turn. But it's it's a little bit speculation. He did say he doesn't know anything, but he's also saying he supposed that it happens. I think there's a little bit of truth in it. And then I'll also say that Mike Florio, the other NBC sports guy, uh, a few days earlier, kind of put it out in a video that the Bears have a plan going into the combine of what they're going to want to do at quarterback. Well, how can that be if they haven't even met with the guys yet and they still have to go through all their homework? maybe that they are trying to put something in motion with the number one overall pick and look, maybe they do trade it and they still take a rookie quarterback. There's a lot of variables still uh, out here, but 
I do think that it's something that we all need to pay attention to. It's not just blatant speculation by a guy on his way out. Yeah, I, I these are you made some great points, Brendan, because I think what Peter King might be doing as someone that you mentioned so astutely as someone that has got a chance to report information from Ryan Poles before is that perhaps he's protecting the optionality that Ryan Poles is currently exploring. Um, and I think maybe the conclusion that maybe Bears fans can take out of this is that Ryan Poles is still exhausting every single avenue of how to make his team or his roster better next year. Um, does that mean that one way is more than the other with Caleb Williams versus Justin Fields? Um, it's tough to say. Everything that I've heard says that they're leaning towards taking Caleb Williams. But I think what this is is protecting the optionality that Ryan Poles, as a general manager, should be doing, Brendan. Um, right? I mean, these are conditions that you want to explore. Now, I've said since the beginning of the offseason that – when for, for me, from a Chicago Bears perspective, as a Chicago Bears fan, um, I believe a couple things. One is everything that I've heard says that the Bears are taking Caleb Williams. My belief, as it stands today, is that the Chicago Bears are going to take Caleb Williams. But I, in my heart, <laughs> I still try and think of away and I see a path where the Chicago Bears can have success specifically in the short term with Justin Fields and trading for a hall of picks so just based on that hall right there let's just play in the hypotheticals of the conditions that it would take for the Chicago Bears to move off that number one pick is what Peter King has hypothesized or supposed to put out into his article is that type of hall something that would have you think have you thinking twice about, you know, maybe not taking Caleb Williams and trading that pick? That's a really good question. I, I was really intrigued by it and just going through all the different steps. Okay. We trade down here and then we trade down here and then suppose Atlanta offers this and that um, I, I would in a sense, and maybe this is also me just, you know, thinking with my fan heart here, because I think no matter what, and who knows what's going to happen, but I think that the bears are still, you know, they find themselves in a very uh, favorable position where no matter what things are going to be improved. I think there is a scenario you go into 2024 and the bears are a very competitive team with Justin Fields and a just a team that's been overhauled around him. You're talking new wide receivers, new edge rushers, a new center, um, things like that. And you can still compete with Justin Fields and then set yourself up for the future once again and having nine picks in the first two rounds in the next two drafts. That's insane because you see a lot of first round talent guys go in the second round. So I can absolutely be talked into that. I can also be talked into the fact that Caleb Williams is very likely one of the best quarterbacks that we've seen in a quite a long time. He would be the most talented quarterback to ever step foot in Chicago. He has a lot of traits that you could, that you fall in love with and he could be a guy that you can build around for the next five, 10, hopefully 15 years. So I think I'd still prefer going that route because there's a lot more variables. You have to get things like multiple teams involved, um, first of all, to have that happen. And then you're also maybe not necessarily getting like two blue chip guys, depending on how guys grade out. Because eight and nine, that's still top 10, but that's at the bottom of the top 10. Um, and there's still even a chance that like all three wide receivers could be, you know, gone too. Um, I know it's a slim chance, but if you're talking about guys you want like Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors and Roma Dunze. I mean, 
there's there's a chance that you wouldn't even get those. Um, so I, I think I'd still lean keeping the first overall pick, but I gotta say, I'm excited about all these scenarios, Joey. Like it, it just makes you feel excited as a fan that things are still on the up and up and, you know, maybe things could be better if they go one way or the other, but I think it's still going to be good no matter what. You're bringing up an interesting point where, yeah, this is, this is a tantalizing conversation to have when Peter King lays it out, when you have nine picks in the first two rounds for the next two seasons, it feels a little bit like, you know, if polls pulls this off, this is the Lufthansa heist in Goodfellas, right? I mean, this is, <laughs> uh, and, and, and you're bringing up another great point too, as well of, you know, I would have to caution too, is it's great to have more picks, but if you did move to eight or nine, you do want to make sure that the quality of those picks maintains itself. And also something else to think about is, and I've been saying this, maintaining this too, as well as I understand that when you have extra draft capital, you know, you don't always hit on the draft picks that you select, but also those draft, that draft capital can turn into premier bona fide players that are already on NFL teams right now. Um, I'm just saying for reference, I'm not saying that this is a hypothetical that the Chicago Bears would do this, but if they even wanted to entertain a Justin Jefferson situation that starts with at least one first round pick, right? The Chicago Bears in this scenario would have the ability to at least open up that conversation. Um, I don't see a world where a Justin Herbert, a Joe Burrow, a Patrick Mahomes would ever be able to be, you know, loosened and wriggled away from their current team. But you never know with maybe a Josh Allen or something, something like that. It would take multiple first round picks to even start having this conversation. In this scenario, the Chicago Bears could do that and still maintain some of that first round draft capital in the process. And I just think that's why the part of this conversation is tantalizing. Brendan, before we get over to our positional drafts, uh, positional draft of the offseason for the Chicago Bears, um, we're hearing a lot of news. Um, I'm sure it's going to matriculate and get even more clear who's going to be in, who's going to be out um, by the time this rolls on Thursday, but the combine is right around the corner. Um, it seems like a lot of guys uh, that the Chicago Bears have their eyes on may not even be there, um, may not throw. Um, certainly you hope a lot of these guys interview, and I think that process is going to go down. Um, are you more interested? I'm just going to give you kind of a door number one, door number two. Would you be more interested in – the reports that Caleb Williams and the bears have met and everything is going great. Or the other one that's been floated around that maybe there are the first steps of the bones of a possible Justin Fields trade. Which one do you think um, could be more likely? Which one do you think you might be personally more looking forward to hear about? Well, I, I feel pretty, it, it's tough because I don't want Justin Fields to go. I think we talked about this, like, you know, in my heart, I wish things would work out a little bit different. He could stay and the bears could take those leaps. I don't know if it's actually going to happen though. So I am going to be a little bit sad, like, you know, if, and when those conversations start coming up and you start to hear that, you know, he's going to be moving on. So I don't know if I'm like as excited about that. It's more like, well, this is a necessary thing that has to happen. Um, so I'd kind of be interested to see like them starting to meet with Caleb Williams and kind of how those conversations are going, what they thought of him. I'm curious if they're going to do that same game mentality or sort of thing uh, during their interviews that they had last year. If you remember, they had prospects come in and start playing darts or uh, golf and just kind of like get them loosened up and ping, you know, show their competitive side a little bit as well. So I'm curious to see what that strategy looks like too, to see, you know, 
what it looks like with some of these prospects. But I, I'd much rather hear how the conversations are going with the rookie quarterback than sort of just pushing the other one out the door because that's still sad to me. I don't know how you feel. Look, I, I'm 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 a Justin Fields fan. I agree with a lot of people that don't like Justin Fields that I think that the numbers and production could have been better. Um, but, you know, that's – I think we're going to get into that a little bit in just a second here when we talk about off-season positional needs um, and start to say to ourselves that, you know, I don't think Justin was the problem. Was he part of the problem? I think you can say those two things at the same time. So, yeah, I mean, for me personally, um, I've been trying to pour over as much Caleb Williams tape as I personally have uh, – as I personally can over the last couple of weeks, and I will continue to do that throughout the next month. Um we were lucky enough to have LA Football Network's uh, USC insider Ryan Dyrud on the show last week, talking a little bit about some of the off the field stuff, and he did not back away. That he said, you know, in the same interview, that Caleb Williams was the most wonderful, exciting, fantastic football player that he has ever covered and that he has ever watched. Not only at USC, but you know, just kind of in his life, you know, as a you know, because he's a young kid and all the fantastic things that he did on the field, while also saying that. The skipping of the interviews and not talking to the press, he actually he took issue with that. Um, he mm -hmm. says a big part of the background with USC is that they pride themselves on coaching and teaching these kids um, how to be um, how to be thoughtful and professional with the media. Um, they feel like that is a skill that not only helps them as athletes but helps them out throughout the course of the rest of their life, um, and it's something that they really really harp on there. And the fact that Caleb. Um, you know, missed a couple of interviews, snapped back at moments. I mean, we can chalk that up to immaturity, but still something that he didn't walk away from and gloss over and said, it will be an issue that he'll have to, you know, grow out of, clean up, however you want to phrase it when he moves on to the NFL. So to hear some reports that, I don't know, that Caleb and Ryan Poles played Connect Four together um, and our best buds and our, you know, whatever it is that, that, that checks that box. I think that's probably one of the most important parts of this process process for the Chicago bears moving forward, because I mean, you'd agree, Brendan, that is that, is that kind of it? I mean, the tape is the tape. Um, his abilities are undeniable. The potential is as high as the sky. Um, but some of the personality stuff, maybe that is one of the few things that I have a question about. Is that fair that maybe that's one of the last boxes for you? For sure. And I think it is for any player, really. I mean, Caleb Williams gets put under a microscope for obvious reasons, but Paul said it himself in his year in presser. Like we have to figure out the guy, you know, like what makes them tick, learn more about them, you know, get to know them personally and see just sort of how they'd be as a fit. Um, you know, that's, that's what happened last year with Jalen Carter. And they essentially gave Carter a lot of opportunities to show them he could be the guy that could come into this locker room and be a consummate pro while also transforming their defensive line. The talent was never an issue, but it was the stuff behind the scenes. Now, granted, the stuff with Williams is not even close to being that, but as a quarterback and as a leader and somebody, I totally forgot, I'm not going to lie. I completely forgot about missing some of those press conferences or interviews, not talking to the media. Um, and that does rub me the wrong way a little bit too, because you have to be accountable in the good times and the bad, and it's not going to get any easier in Chicago. I don't know if you noticed, but you know, media is a little tough around here, so that's not going to fly. And I know polls knows that too. So my, 
I'm really looking forward to seeing what those conversations look like and, you know, maybe get some nuggets on how the interview process went. And maybe we'll even get some of Caleb Williams talking to the press later on this week. And, you know, he'll answer some of those questions like, well, I was, I don't want to make an excuse for him, but maybe he'll give an excuse or give a valid reason or, you know, show contrition on things that happen and show that he is a different player moving forward into this next step of his career. Yeah, and look, this doesn't have to do with wins and losses, and I think that's what Chicago Bears fans care the most about. But if you want to make, you want to piss a Chicago Bears fan or a Chicago sports fan off, you get in front of a microphone and you pass the buck onto somebody else, or you point the finger at anyone but yourself, especially when you're the quarterback in Chicago. Um, so, mm-hmm. Brendan, let's let's transition. Let's move over right now. I'm excited to do this. We're just gonna have a fun little draft of what we think the Bears' most important positional offseason needs are. I think just to make things a little easier, we just did the quarterback position. So let's just all admit that the Chicago quarterback position is important. Um, It's been important since I was born in the mid-'80s. It continues to be important today. So I'm trying to look at other spots on this team um, to help this team compete, no matter who the quarterback is for the Chicago Bears next year. Um, do you want, if you want, I, I will be, I will be Lovey Smith here and I will blow it in the fourth quarter and I, and I will go out and give you the number one pick if you want it. Um, would you like to be on the clock here? What do you think the most important positional need is for the Chicago Bears this offseason? That's a dirty trick. You're just trying to put me on the spot so you can take the easier one. Cause I, I think there are like, I think there's three big ones and maybe like a distant fourth. So I'll be interested to kind of see what you think. Um, I'm happy to go first. I'm happy. No, no, I want to. I I, I want to take the challenge. I, you know, you're giving me the ball, and I want to score. <laughs> um, I will go with. Um, you know what? I'm I'm gonna take the easy one. I'm gonna say wide receiver, just because of how one dimensional. It's mine. That's my yeah. one too. Yeah, don't don't overthink it. Um, they did a great job, obviously, addressing it last year with DJ Moore, but it was only DJ Moore last year because. What, for whatever reason, whether you, whether you want to blame some of the receivers, you want to blame the play calling, you want to blame Justin Fields, it was all a problem where it was way too focused on DJ Moore. I mean, I think I totaled it up. He had, it had to have been either 40% of the Bears receiving yards total. So I, I got I got the numbers right here, if you don't mind. I'll, I'll provide a quick Go for it, context. Yeah. Um, I might not have that percentage exactly. So uh, for the Chicago Bears last year, there were 321 receptions as a team last year. DJ Moore accounted for 93 of those. If you added Cole Komet's 73 receptions, that's 169 out of 321 team receptions. Good for over 53% of all team receptions last year. That's a high mark, okay? To go even further, though, if you take a look at, let's just say, who were the other receivers that actually caught a pass? Not tight end, not running back receiver. There were only 61 receptions out of 321 team receptions from anyone as a wide receiver not named DJ Moore and a, and a player not named Cole Komet, which is only a 19%. Unfortunately, I had to count the four receptions for Chase Claypool um, because it's math, and, and my anger has nothing to do with me wanting to exclude him from math, but... Yeah, just to add that context right there, I mean, Darnell Mooney only had 31 receptions, and then after that, it plummets down to Tyler Scott at 17. Um, So you're right. It was incredibly top-heavy last year. 
I, I made a tweet going into the summer last year saying, boy, I really hope this team, this offense doesn't look like the 2012 offense where just Jay Cutler pummeled Brandon Marshall with targets and literally nobody else got it. And I'm like, I'm just joking. That's not going to happen. And guess what? It happened, which was so surprising. But um, the good news is there's tons of options. We talked a little bit about um, some of the draft picks with the Dunze and neighbors. I think obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. Assuming the Bears take a quarterback first overall and they keep their ninth pick, he's going to be off the board. So you're hoping that one of neighbors or Dunze could be available. Um, I'm also really high on Keon Coleman out of Florida State, probably in the second round. Um, he's He just made some incredible plays the last two years. I know his route running needs a little bit of work, but he comes in as a big frame, really good hands. I think he's somebody that could be a really good asset. And God, if the Bears somehow got a second round pick back and maybe missed out on one of those big uh, three wide receivers, he'd be somebody I'd be looking at. And then of course, free agency, you got guys like Kelvin Ridley, Curtis Samuel, Tyler Boyd. I'm really interested in because I think it'd be a really reliable third option. Assuming you go with a rookie quarter or a rookie wide receiver. And I know I'm curious of your um, opinion on this. I know we got to get to the other picks. Um, Kelvin Ridley has been somebody who's been sort of like, you know, speculated that he could go to the bears. Did you realize, do you guess how old Calvin Ridley is? 26? 29. 29. Oh. Yeah, can you believe that? He's like two and a half years older than DJ Moore. They were in the same class in 2018. And so I, not that Kevin Ridley's going to fall off, but like given his up and down season, the fact he's a little bit older, I don't know if I want to pay him big money, um, get somebody a little bit cheaper, and then go, you know, really go gangbusters with somebody in the draft and build those three with DJ Moore and get yourself a much better receiving core. I feel like we have a like-minded approach to this where I think we are really, I mean, I'm, I'm focusing on hopefully having one of those receivers available for us at nine. Um, if we stay at nine and it shakes out just the way that it's playing out right now. I love Malik neighbors to death. I don't know if he'll be there. Fingers crossed room. Adunze will also be there. But I, I think you're you're feeling the same way that I am. Is it can't just be one guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, we need multiple receivers, um, not named DJ Moore and Tyler Scott in camp next year that can contribute right away. I know a lot of people like to give, you know, a lot of pat on the back to Darnell Mooney. I thought that he was a very solid player for us a couple of years ago. Um, I just don't remember us building up Darnell Mooney. You know, I don't remember us building up Earl Bennett the same way that we build up Darnell Mooney um, as a guy who I think can be probably a really, really, really good four, maybe a solid three. That's probably it in terms of my ceiling, in terms of what I think with production-wise. Um, I don't think that, you know, when you have an off-season ankle surgery and you come into camp, I don't. I think it's hard to run on all cylinders um, from that front. So I, I, I think we're in agreement here that even if you drafted someone, um, I think you need to have multiple players in camp. Um, that can do some things. And, I, and I'm with you a little bit. Calvin Ridley kind of scares me. Um, Curtis Samuel, he's not going to end up on anybody's fantasy team, but obviously I think he's someone that could definitely help you. Tyler Boyd, for sure. Um, T. Higgins got franchise tagged. Um, just to round out the topic before we move on um, to the next pick, Michael Pittman, Mike Evans, they don't do anything for you. Do you think that that's maybe just not the right timing Chicago Bears-wise for the money that they'll have to make? 
Well, I think Pittman's going to stay with Indy. I, I cannot see if they somehow let him go in free agency, that's going to be a terrible move because they need somebody like that to build around. And then Mike Evans, I, I think he'd obviously be a great addition. Why would he want to come to Chicago though, when you're most likely building around a rookie quarterback and you're getting up there in age, you've had a ton of production, you want to win another Super Bowl, And also for as good as he is, had a lot of drops last year not the same mike evans i don't know so i i'd much rather roll the dice on somebody a little bit cheaper in free agency um somebody you don't need to rely on as that big like number two and then get somebody in the draft like we talked about um i'm gonna i'm gonna go next um i'm you know this might be a little surprising because i i think this is something that the chicago bears are definitely going to target so maybe i'll leave this up to you for the next pick but i think number two on the board and this is a specific position, not even a positional group. I'm going center, baby. Yeah. Um, and look, when we talk about the Chicago Bears' struggles offensively last year, we love to key in on Justin Fields. We love to key in on Luke Getze. But, Brendan, do you remember the days when our center can't even snap the ball? Um, we had fundamental issues with our process pre-snap, whether it's Lucas Patrick or Cody Whitehair. We could not snap the ball to the quarterback that was playing at times. Um and I just think that the way that they punted on the position um, the last couple of years, I definitely think it contributed to their own four start to start this year. Um, and I, I think it's something that they need to clean up um, post haste. Um, so if you are Ryan Poles, Brendan, you know, how are you attacking this right now? I mean, if you are, if you're pairing the rookie quarterback, are you thinking veteran center, uh, rookie quarterback, rookie center, you don't mind bring back Justin Fields. Give me a veteran. Give me a rookie center. How would you attack this? If you're Ryan Poles? I would get a veteran center for sure. And I totally get being the second pick because the bears don't have a center on the roster right now. Like white hair's gone. Patrick's a free agent and Dan Feeney, who the bears traded a sixth round pick for he's gone as well. So uh good, you know, that's, that's, that's a great deal. Um, the good news is, Oh, uh, you know, okay. Yeah. Doug Kramer, I guess, technically he's like their one center he played in preseason. Great. Um, no, the good news is there are a ton of free agent centers, most of which are actually pretty quality players. Guys like Andre James and Aaron Brewer, both of them had PFF grades in the 70s. Lucas Patrick, for reference, his was 50.5 in 2023, so not great. Um, both players would present a pretty good upgrade. I think Aaron Brewer um, is a ideal fit because of the fact that the Bears hired the Titans assistant offensive line coach and brought him to Chicago. There's familiarity with Nate Davis too. So he's somebody that you have some familiarity on the line playing with somebody you used to play with in the past. And I think having a veteran presence there who is tried and true can definitely help a rookie quarterback and get them acclimated because we, maybe not so much now, but in the past, like we probably just said, Oh, you can find a center wherever they're the ones touching the ball first. And they're the ones that have to get the ball out in a timely manner. Like you said, they have to have accurate snaps. God, remember when Dan Feeney came into the game, he didn't know the cadence and Justin Fields is yelling at him because they're getting delay of games and calling timeouts. Those are crucial plays. I mean, really, like you can't just brush those off. So um, other guys we can mention, Mason Cole from the Steelers got released. He had a really bad 2023 season, but really good in 2022. Brian Allen, a local product from the Rams. He's kind of injured, but he could be a veteran presence too, coming from a winning program. So there's a lot of guys that uh, the Bears are going to have options to get, and I think they get one of them for sure. 
Yeah, Evan Brown from the Seahawks because the Waldron connection, obviously, again, though, didn't grade out didn't grade out super well, though. I, I don't think that that fixes the problem. And you're bringing up a really great point when we talk about the quarterback position, um, whether you're a rookie quarterback, whether you're someone that's trying to ascend like Justin Fields or whether you're one of the more higher elite quarterbacks like a Joe Burrow, nothing killed to drive more than pre-snap penalties, um, you know, things that kind of get you off your mark. And for a rookie quarterback, to be able to call the protection from a center can be really, really crucial to kind of help usher him in um, on some of those pre-snap reads and calls early on in September and October when he's just trying to get his feet under him to hopefully let his skills come to the surface. So I think this is a crucial thing. You know, whatever the Chicago Bears decide to do, I think this is actually a crucial um, acquisition or something that they have to get filled in, whether it is Caleb Williams or Justin Fields, because it will help them out, um, you know, early on in the season and hopefully for years to come. I have a quick question for you before we move on. Do you think, and do you think there's any interest in the Bears bringing back Lucas Patrick as a reserve kind of guard center who can, you know, fill in when needed? Because he does have a leadership presence on that team, and I think he's serviceable. Or do you think that's just completely gone? He's he's out of here for sure. Well, I, I think the money will be right, and I think it'll be there. Um, I think they're going to probably sit and wait as long as they can into the summer. I think just from my perspective, when I get the opportunity to host Believe in Bears with former Bears defensive end Corey Wooten, Corey really believed that a lot of the Lucas Patrick love was tied to Luke Getze. Um, the familiarity there, um, the familiarity with the system, and if someone that can come in lockstep and, and be able to perform and play right away. Um, now, look, the performance just wasn't up to snuff as many times as he tried to build up Tyson Bajant, you know what I mean, whenever he was mic'd up. He looked like he was a fantastic teammate. Seems like he's a really good guy. I could see a backup situation. I mean, you want to have someone um, with some depth. You want to have someone that can at least come in and try and play as serviceable as possible. Um, and, you know, Brendan, it reminds me of that old baseball analogy, too, as well, where, you know, you try and you, know, you bring a guy in from the bullpen to start a game and he twirls four or five great sparkling innings for you, but there's a shelf life. You know, these yeah. guys can't consistently do it in and out. So maybe in short spurts, Lucas Patrick can be an asset, but over the course of a long season, you don't really want that to be your solution. So I, I can buy that. I can wrap my head around that for sure. Um, Again, dude needs to snap the ball. Um, <laughs> it sounds so silly, but it became so fundamental and became a real problem for the Chicago Bears, which was a real you know, embarrassing endeavor. So I can wrap my head around that. You were up next, my friend. You were on the clock. Uh, give us the third most important positional need for the Chicago Bears this offseason. All right, I'm going edge rusher. Now I know that the Bears have, yep, they have Montez Sweat on one side. Great trade, great extension. He was well worth the money as well as the trade. Um, on the other side, though, not much. They have Demarcus Walker still under contract. I think he's kind of he's good as kind of that floater who can play inside and outside. He's not like a true edge rusher. He's good on run defense, but they need somebody who can also be a true pass rusher. Um, they tried it with Yannick Ngakwe, didn't work. Uh, I doubt he's back in 2024. Um, but it would be interesting to see if the Bears got somebody both in the draft and free agency. Um, if they chose to not go wide receiver, guys like Dallas Turner uh, from Alabama could be an option to play along Montez Sweat. Uh, Jared Verse is a popular name for Florida State, although a lot of people kind of kind of mixed on him. Don't think he has that high of a ceiling. Um, and then, of course, in free agency, there's been ties to guys like Daniil Hunter, 
Um, AJ Epineza from Buffalo is a name that a lot of people are kind of linking to because Eric Washington is now the defensive coordinator who used to be the defensive line coach in with the bills. So they need somebody who can play alongside Montez sweat and rotate in with DeMarcus Walker. I think Walker's an okay player. I was a little hesitant to give him the money last year because he only showed that he was a, you know, pass rushing specialist one year out of his career. Turns out that was a little bit of an, um, aberration. So yeah, get somebody in free agency. I would love somebody like Hunter, but I can't see them paying two big veterans like that kind of money because um, they just have needs elsewhere. And I think they're going to try to get, uh, they're going to want to get somebody younger to play alongside sweat. I think that's my issue too, as well, where there are going to be some interesting names. We'll see if they get tagged um, in the coming days, especially by the time this runs on Thursday. But that's you're making your point. You're making my point um, for me, where you'd have Montez Sweat. uh, Let's say in theory you sign Jalen Johnson. You're also paying, um, you know, Terrell Edmonds over seventeen million dollars. So that'd be four players on your defense making over seventeen million annually. I mean, that does sound like the Chicago Bears way, but at the same time, if you are trying to look in, look into ushering a new era at quarterback, or even you're looking to double down on Justin Fields. That just seems a little top heavy for me for a defense that continues to ascend. Um, and maybe, you know, those final pieces are more likely on the defense, excuse me, on the offense than they should be on the defense. We've, uh, we've seen if anyone checks out ESPN, uh, one of the potential fits is that, that Jonathan Greenard from the Texans, maybe he'd be a cheap solution that can come in, um, wait out the market, see if Jadavian Clowney wants to bring his <laughs> world tour um, over over to us, Leonard Floyd. There's going to be a lot of guys that yeah. might be able to eat some snaps and play with a younger player, but I'm with you maybe d- diving into that deep part of the pool. Um, it might be difficult. Um, we we got to go. We got to get two more in here really quick. Um, so I'm going to throw one at you. Um I'm going to say it. I think, I think running back is a positional need. Um, now look, there are going to be some really interesting names out there. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Derek Henry, Tony Pollard. Um, I'm not saying you go top shelf on running back. Um, but I'm, I feel like our running game is solid. I don't feel like our running game is good enough. I think Roshan Johnson is a great plug and play player. I think he's good in the pass blocking. Um, I think he's good as a pass blocker um, from the backfield. Um, do I see that extra burst? Um, do I see even like, you know, David Montgomery didn't have top end speed, but he was able to run people over. I don't necessarily see that from Roshan. Um, Khalil Herbert's a bit of a one trick pony for my taste. And I don't think Deontay Foreman is coming back. So no matter who's under center for the Chicago Bears, I do think the running game will continue to be an important part of that complimentary football that we're looking for, whether it's the draft. I want to throw this one at you. If the market dries up and you can get Tony Pollard at a good price, does that intrigue you for the Chicago bears? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, Tony Pollard was much better in kind of that committee situation with Ezekiel Elliott. I think as a featured back, you're not really expecting much greatness because of what happened last year. But if you're rotating him with Roshan Johnson and he's kind of that home run hitter while Johnson is that, that solid pass catching or, you know, pass blocking back who could run between the tackles. um, That's probably, that's a really good fit. And it's interesting because as we're taping this on Monday, it came out that none of the big free agent running backs, guys like Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, like they're not getting franchise tagged. 
Um, so like, like you said, they're all hitting the market. Um, I, I think there's, there is going to be somebody who has had experience, who's, who's proved it maybe like a year or two ago, um, that can come in and then be that like rotating second back along with Roshan and Khalil Herbert. Um, the bears just need to get a good rhythm going. I think when they had all three running backs, it just didn't work out. But when one of them got hurt, <laughs> like it's sad to say, they found themselves into a rhythm. Like Deontay Foreman started to pick it up along with Roshan Johnson. Then when he gets hurt, Khalil Herbert and Roshan start getting going. But when all three are in there, they're rotating it's not as effective because all three have different style running styles. So I think if you do get somebody like Pollard and it, I think it'd be great to have somebody like Saquon Barkley too, just cause I think he still has a lot left in the tank. Um, you know, you could do some damage with that. And like we talked about with the center being helpful for rookie quarterback, a great ground game is also really helpful for a rookie quarterback, being able to run the ball, establish that and keep the chains moving. takes a lot of pressure off throwing the ball. And to be very fair, um, for those that really want a pound in the table for Caleb Williams to be the Chicago Bears quarterback next year, of all of the teams out there that could probably stomach paying a running back seven, eight, nine million dollars a year for at least two years, it's probably a team with a rookie quarterback. Um, and you want to try and give as much um, complimentary pieces and a lot of different looks for a defense to take uh, to take an eye on. Um, that don't involve necessarily keeping their eyes always on Caleb Williams. So it's just something to think about. And I just think that the running game does need to get better, whether it is Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, or quarterback uh, quarterback C. You know, you never know. Um, <laughs> let's get out of here. Do you have any more position positional needs out there? We've kind of covered uh, some pretty good ground, but uh, anything else on the board? Yeah, I'm shocked you didn't go with this one. Safety. I know. But <laughs> The, the, my my thing on this, and then I'm going to let you go, is that one, um, I do think, you know, is there a world? I don't think Eddie Jackson's coming back. I know that there's been a couple of rumors of could you move Terrell Smith over to play safety. I do think that there are going to be some guys that can come in and play serviceable football at a pretty um, at a pretty easy price, and they could always go for the draft. But I, I'm with you. Please go ahead. Um, it is going to be important because Eddie Jackson, when healthy, that defense looked completely different with him out there. Yeah, especially the last two years, I think he got a lot of undeserved hate. Now, he was pretty terrible in 2021 and uh, 2020, but, you know, his biggest attribute was his veteran leadership. He brought along Jaquan Brisker and look for for the most part, because I know he was injured in 2022 and a little bit this year, but you could at least rely on him to be there for the most part. Remember the rotating cast of safeties that the Bears have had, like going from Mike Brown until Eddie Jackson? Like, we don't want to get into that situation again. And right now, your safeties are Jaquan Brisker and then Elijah Hicks. And as much as I want Elijah Hicks to flash, I loved him coming out of college. The dude sucks. <laughs> so I don't I don't trust him to be that starting safety. And you just don't want to get into a situation where, God, I remember, I think it was the 2021 season um where the bears had like no corners besides jalen johnson and you're like is this really the team that we're fielding and then they got torched by the rams on week one um you don't want to end up in a situation where you're starting somebody because you think you can rely on your front seven to get it done and then it turns out you're you have a complete liability in the backfield um I, yeah i don't know if they're going to sign somebody i know there's some interesting free agents like geno stone coming over from the ravens um somebody coming over from a solid defense like that would be interesting. Um, 
you could probably find somebody in the middle rounds. I haven't done, you know, enough digging to see who might be available there, but you got to get somebody. So I, I think the fact that they don't have a starting safety right now um, is not concerning, but it's notable in terms of where the position needs are. Yeah, the only reason why I didn't uh, select it in this uh, in this positional draft is because I just think the Chicago Bears are going to have to get creative there. Um, okay. You know, they, they have a lot of money allocated uh, to a lot of different parts in the defense, and they're going to have to do something about the offense. So I just kind of see them, you know, they're going to have to, you know, really dig, dig into the tape and try and either find a veteran that really fits into the scheme that can come in on a short term and play. Do they have someone in house that they can rotate out? Or like you said, do they draft somebody and try and make that a developmental piece? Um, because uh, for the most part, to their credit, outside of maybe some pieces, uh, some depth in the defensive line, that secondary is pretty locked in. Um, and we should feel really confident about that as Bears fans moving into next year. So if they get creative and bring someone in, um, you know, that's kind of where I'm landing on that a little bit. Um, Brendan Chagru, man, so great. Thank you so much for coming on to Sports Talk Chicago. Um, such a pleasure, man. Um, please throw out your Twitter handle and please let the good people that are listening and watching right now um, let them give them an idea of how they can check out and follow your work over the next couple of months because uh, you think uh, Peter King threw a chaos bomb out there on his way out Monday morning quarterback. There's more chaos coming for the Chicago Bears. <laughs> yes, there is. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Brendan Chagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Make sure you check out my work as well as all of our staff writers at BearsWire at BearsWire.com. There's daily articles tons of them going up and we'll keep it covered on the latest news and happenings around the NFL with the bears. Uh, and then our podcast, the bear down Chicago podcast, we usually record every Sunday night kind of taking a little bit of a break for the off season, but we're going to be back pretty soon once the news starts coming. So make sure you check us out on Sunday nights on, on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. But um, Joey, like I said, all I've always said to you, like, I really enjoy talking bears with you, man. Um, appreciate you having me on and, uh, let's hope this is a great offseason for us. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I just can't wait to text you uh, on draft night or, or as the news uh, goes back and forth throughout the entire offseason. You do great work, Brendan. Uh, such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so very much, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.